Hi guys, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Mad Monday podcast. Today um, we're pleasure to have my second guest on the show, um, Makati October, aka Mecca, aka Miyagi Sun, aka the world's strongest Chinaman. Um, so I've talked about him on the podcast before. Uh, in the introduction, I gave a bit of a spiel about how we were going to start a podcast. Um, in between Auckland and Mount Monganui. Didn't quite get off the ground, so we just pushed on anyway. And then, so um, here we are now, we brought him back on as a guest. So um, looking forward to having a good chat with him. And um, what I'll do is I'll make it. Welcome. Thanks for having me on the podcast, brother. Yeah. No worries, no worries. I'll, I'll just get, what I'll do is I'll get you to, um, for those that don't know you, just give a brief introduction about yourself and um, a little bit about um, your footy career and, and that sort of thing. Oh, oh, thanks for uh, getting me on here finally, had to twist my arm for a bit, something I'm not super keen. I was pretty stoked to be fair that um, I wasn't running the podcast with you, so I guess uh, yeah, it's good that I just get to be a guest. Um, nothing on Kevin Na- Napier, I must say. Um, yeah, I've got nothing on him to be fair uh, been playing league for since I was a young fella I think Andre mentioned in the podcast that we started um, probably around 7 or 8 years old and um, fell in love with it there um, I've actually been um, retired for nearly 5 years now um, so I stopped playing when I was 27 years old um, but I guess a little bit about me I live in Mount Monganui now um, I teach, so I work in education at Mount Monaghan College and um, still involved in a bit of coaching there and um, it played for a local footy team up there, the Automata Eels, when I moved up there from Christchurch. But um, my heart's still in Christchurch with the Papua Nui Tigers, I must say, um, and they're probably the only ones that would be able to get me to pull my boots back on. There you go. There's the, there's the crash course in Makati October's league career. Um, yeah, like you say, Kevin, Kevin Nepier, he was a good yarn and he's pretty hard task to follow with the uh, illustrious career he had with the Blues and Crusaders, but um, if I can speak a little bit to, to your league career, I, I guess when I was younger I didn't take it too seriously, but during the later stages um, you were definitely a bit of a mentor for me and, and I guess taught me how to play the game a bit harder and uh, commit myself a bit more work-wise, so um, it's good to have you on and looking forward to having a bit of a chat. So just, um, we'll get, we'll probably delve a little bit more into Mecca's league career a little bit later, but um, just to bring a bit of context, we're actually in Sydney at the moment for the NRL Grand Final, um, which kicks off tomorrow, which most diehard league fans will be well aware. Either, either probably wearing a green, a bit of a green badge or a, or a blue and blue and red roosters badge. Um, who are you going? Who are you going for on this one, Matthew? Uh, no, gotta gotta uh, tip the underdogs. Or well, actually, follow the underdogs. I want the Raiders to win this one. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Warriors aren't here, so um, yeah, I'll be going for the Raiders. 
Um, I think the Roosters are going to be too strong, if I'm honest though, but yeah, hopefully the Raiders can get up. That'll be a first. You've been on the, uh, the favourites being in the last couple of years <laughs> with the Storm, so... Uh, well, again, like I said, until the Warriors get there, I'll keep coming to the GF until I see the Warriors win it, so... Might yeah. be uh, waiting a while, but that's all good. We've, we've sort of made this a bit of a... Um, I guess a bit of a tradition now. So we've been what the last three years? Yeah, three years. I've I've been the last four years, so um, we're gonna try come come along every year. Um, it, it never loses its loses its um, aura, I guess, coming to NRL Grand Final. This year we've actually got ourselves right in the mix and decided to um, stay right next to the stadium. So we've sort of got an apartment, beautiful view out here looking right into the stadium, um, so that's always a bonus. We can come here, or have a few pre's here, and then come back after. Um, I guess just just uh, into a bit more detail. How do you think? Um, how do you think? Or what? How do you think the game's going to unfold tomorrow? Do you reckon? Um, obviously, the Roosters are the strong favourites, and, and they've got a few uh, big game players. So, how do you think? The game's gonna, if the Raiders are to take it out, how do you think they're gonna wanna be able to do that? I think Raiders have been a real physical pack all year. They've got a good team, and they've got, um, you know, they've got Josh Papali up through the middle, and Joseph Tarpeni who's been playing in the middle as well, and then um, a few other guys like Marcus Louis and that coming off the bench, and those sorts of dudes. I guess um, the other strong thing is they've got Josh Hodgson, Hodgson. Um, you know, one of the English players in there, and he, if he can control the ruck real well and get them on a bit of a roll on, and then if they hit the edges with um, Bateman and um, Whitehead, the other two other English internationals, then they'll, um, yeah, they'll do pretty well, I think. Obviously, the Roosters are real dangerous because they can score points from anywhere, and if they get on a bit of a roll and um, start, they're going to be real dangerous. But the Raiders certainly have the team to um, beat them, you know, especially. Are carrying out of their own end, they've got Leipana, you know, um, getting Leilor back, I think, late in the season when he was expected to be out for the rest of the season was a big pull, and then, um, you know, Jack Wyden has been having an epic season. Obviously, the Warriors outcast, um, Nicol Klockstad's been epic too. Big CNK. Yeah, so How good's he been going? Yeah, it's awesome to see him do well. I'd like to see him grab a pie tomorrow, but... Um, you know, obviously with Roger at fullback there, he was given an opportunity at the Raiders and he's grabbed with both hands. But, I mean, Roosters are pretty um, stacked, I guess, and there's some awesome players to watch play there, like James Tedesco. Um, you know, many see him as the greatest player in the game at the moment, currently, and, you know, it's pretty hard to disagree with that. Yeah, well, yeah, he took home the WM Player of the Year this yeah, year, so... that was well-deserved. Well-deserved award, I think, for a good young Blues... Blues player like himself. Yeah, and then Cooper Cronk, I think, is playing his tenth grand final, which is pretty hard to um, comprehend. And um, yeah, I think it's tenth. It's certainly around that. Um, I think it's like yeah, it's like ten out of seventeen seasons or something stupid like that. Pretty ridiculous. And then obviously uh, Luke Carey won the Clive Churchill last year um, when um, he sort of you know Cronk was carrying the uh, that injury. To his scapula, and um, yeah, so Kerry, 
and him will um, have that on a bit of a string. So it'll be interesting to see if Jake Friend plays, that still hasn't been announced either, but Sam Verrill's been doing a pretty epic job for the Roosters as well. Surely he's too much of a risk this time of the year, like bringing back the final, what happens if he goes down with a broken wing, yeah. you know? Oh, th- these ten, guys, ten minutes in sort of thing. Yeah, these guys are professionals, like, you know, Cooper Cronk last year, he wouldn't have played it if he thought he was going to be a liability. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think um, there's a couple of, a um, little bit of a, I guess, curveball um, scenarios. With the Raiders, I think, if they are to win, they're going to, it'll be like a sort of a fairy tale comeback sort of style victory at the end. And one thing that's sort of been helping them, um, I guess, get back position, uh, position quite a bit is, I seen on the, the other day, um, Josh Hodgson was talking to, talking to them, talking on one of the Fox Sports shows about, so he's uh, about the one-on-one strip rule that's coming this year. So, so jo- Josh Hodgson mm-hmm. has more one-on-one strips yeah. Than most NRL teams in the whole comp, yeah. so he's got 14. I think the next closest is about five. So, yeah. uh, and he did two last week. Yeah, pretty key moments during the game. So if he can swing it, swing the game with plays like that, like you say, he's going to be key to their their kicking game and leading the troops around the paddock. But also like little nifty little pom tricks mm. that he's got a sleeve like that. I think it'll be pretty key and. The, the bloody UK contingent, they're, they're on fire this year and they've recruited more for next year, so if yeah. they don't, if the Raiders don't uh, manage to pull off a fairy tale victory this year, I think next year they're going to be even stronger, so, um, and just on the Roosters year, like, the problem the Raiders are going to have is the Storm were only able to put six points on the Roosters last week, eh? so it's going to be pretty hard to breach their defence. A lot of people talk about their strike weapons and their all that on the text and um, and that's that's obviously a big advantage of theirs but also uh, I think their defence is is up there with one of the best in the comps definitely up there with the Storm and last week proved that so well, yeah I think quite simply tomorrow whoever controls the ruck gets go forward and um, whoever can control the best probably with their and defend their line, it's going to win. Pretty simple. Yeah, so it's a bit of a... We'll see what we'll do is we'll, we're obviously giving our predictions now. You're going for the Raiders, but you think the Roosters are going to win. I'm going for the Roosters, and I think the Roosters are going to win. Um, and then what we might do is do a bit of a, um, a wrap of it after the fact and see how close we got and see who... What key players? Who do you pick for Clive Churchill? You reckon? Mm, I want so. What my head's telling me is that the Roosters are going to win, probably by about ten. And then so I'll, I'll put my head on that one. And then um, I'd say Clive Churchill. The obvious picks James Tedesco, but um, I'm going to go with Cooper Cronk in his last game. It's a bit of a. Like they did with Billy Slater. Mm. Like well, giving them all the accolades as much as they can. Oh, Cooper, <laughs> Cooper, Cooper as well, in those tough moments, he's been there before, so he'll not yeah. know what to do in those coups. So Plus, Cooper Cronk, Clive Churchill. Plus, he's flying he's two, wing, two wings this year and an intact shoulder blade, so that should be I'd love to. I'd love to see the Raiders get up there. Mm. Oh, it'll be a 
Yeah, it'd be a great match if they do. I reckon I'm, I'm predicting as well. Um, well. I'm similar to you. I think the rest is win between six and ten points. Um, but I'm predicting that the crowd here is going to be an absolute Raiders greenwash. Like, um, obviously they didn't get the crowd they wanted last week at SGC mm-hmm. for the Rooster Storm, um, mm-hmm. which is a massive game. And then even on the way here from Quarter Fido from NZ this morning, and um, there's Raiders fans on the plane. So wow. even the Raiders faithful from New Zealand are coming far and wide. I think tomorrow so, there's going to be we'll, we'll take a couple of pictures, but I reckon there's going to be a Bit of a green wash throughout the crowd. That'd be awesome, awesome to see. Sweet is. What about? I guess um, we've given a bit of a brief spiel about your footy career. Oh, your base, footy basics. Um, what about some of the players you played with there and why? Uh, oh, I guess yeah. I've been pretty lucky over the years to um, make the most of what I have physically. I guess. Um, you know, quite young. I, you know, got in a few uh, Canterbury rep teams when I was a young fella. Um, got to represent the Canterbury Bulls. That was my first senior sort of rep team, which was pretty cool. I think I, I debuted when I was 17 or 18 for the senior Canterbury Bulls side, and um, I was pretty pretty lucky to play with some uh, rugby league stalwarts from um, down in Canterbury, like your um, Shane Byers and Donny Aitkins and um, you know the Mantis. Johnny Limmer, Corey Lowry, those guys are pretty epic to learn off, especially a lot of um, Shane, Johnny and um, Corey all played a bit of hooker, which um, oh, Corey played a little bit of hooker, I think. He mainly liked playing in the back row there, but um, yeah, I was pretty lucky to learn quite a bit off them. I got to play with one of the cousins, Vince Fuddy, in the Canterbury senior team, and then um, I guess uh, players that the wider population will know Got to play in a New Zealand 16s team um, when I was a bit younger and had guys like Sonny Fire in there, RIP Sonny Fire. He was one of the funniest dudes I ever met actually. Some classic stories that I won't share on the podcast that happened on tour with him. Um, but that team had some pretty good dudes in it. Um, Sikamana was in there and a guy Josh Davis, he was um, he played a bit here in Sydney. And then um, guys like Sam Rapeta, Patrick Arvan. Setamata and um, Satima Porvasi, they were the other two Cantabrians in that team. And then um, we had Terry Hermanson as our coach, who was um, a good Canterbury Kiwis lad. I think he played for the Roosters, played for the Rabbitohs as well, Warriors. So. Yeah. Setamata yeah. Saad, he played a bit of juniors with us, he played for the Roosters as well. He yeah. debuted for the Roosters. Yeah. Top coach over here while he. Uh, from the Warriors, so... Yeah, then, yeah, the uh, Cantabrian boys as well, like Louis Brown, you know, he came up through the grades, so I played up a grade for him and played with him for a bit. Kane Manaheta, he played for the Broncos, um, and he was a weapon of a player too, so I was pretty lucky to play with some decent guys through those teams. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I remember, because when we first started looking at Premier grade, playing in the local convent Canterbury and then um, you decided to just skip the Premier grade out completely and go straight for Canterbury Bulls. For those, actually, <laughs> yeah, you played for Bulls before you played for Pippa didn't you? Yeah, no, well, that was the, that was the year of the NJC, so I was captaining the um, Canterbury 18s and yeah. um, I think the senior side had an injury 
And um, yeah, Phil Prescott was coaching at the time. And um, I yeah, certainly wasn't expecting a call and he pulled me straight into the senior side. That was, yeah, that was an interesting one. Eh? That was good fun. I think, and I actually, you know, because Shane was playing hooker, um, you know, he's captain of the team and the residents at that time, so I was playing every other position except hooker. <laughs> so, second row. You, know, you mentioned one of my nicknames was the world's strongest Chinaman. Um, I got nicknamed that after a, a game in Northland. Actually, Donnie Aiken, he uh, gave me a white similar to power, actually, um, and he told me to wear it. I wore it under my jersey and um, yeah, I was playing second row, I think. Someone got injured, so I came on and played about 70 minutes there. And, um, yeah, being an 80 kilo second row wasn't that handy, but um, I managed to yeah, score a pretty decent try. We dragged a few people across the line, so yeah, world's strongest Chinaman sort of stuff. <laughs> what a name. Give that credit to, who was it, Donnie Aiken? Donnie Aiken. Good name, good name. Yeah. So, oh yeah, obviously you, you played a bit of rep stuff, Junior Kiwis, oh not Junior Kiwis, but under 16 Kiwis in Canterbury. For those that don't know, Bardakai Comp was sort of the grade underneath the Warriors for years, um, and it was a season long sort of comp. Yeah, played, nice. played, what, one or two seasons of that? Yeah, I think um, the first season, because I was still playing under 18s, I played a couple of games that season, and then next few um, I was in and out and then 2007. 2007 was the last year so I played a full season there with Brent Stewart because um, then we, we got to go to a grand final with Pep in 2008 in 2008 unfortunately yeah. went down to the Limbo Keys that year but yeah that was and that was my last season playing league in Christchurch I think I was only 21 too so that was my last season oh did you move straight after that yeah oh, right 2009 so I oh, kept in that year too oh, that was probably uh, the, my best league uh, year of footy was that year 2008 but in terms of um, the best team I played in you know we played with all the uni boys and um, yourself and then yeah we nearly took it we actually only made the top four in the last round yeah, robin game it was similar. took it all the way to the GF so sort of a similar set up to the Raiders really it's Bit of a fairy tale run. We we're lucky to get there, and once we got there, we couldn't quite get over the line. But yeah, that's somehow sometimes how it goes. You need to lose one to win one. Um, so oh, after that, after that, you um, you didn't you you pushed on with league. You went you went around you went um, up north and played for the Ultimate Eels, and obviously followed. Part of that was you followed your um, career path, which is teaching. Yeah. Um, but do you reckon if you, I mean, I guess what's the opportunities for Kiwi Kiwi kids from there? Um, there's obviously go to Aussie, try get in the Warriors system. Apart from that, sort of, what do you reckon? What are, What are the steps from there? And do you reckon there is a pathway from there to? For Kiwi kids to come up and potentially play in NRL, and do you reckon you maybe you could have had a crack at NRL <laughs> well, on, if you kept on that path? I guess it's it's a real tough. This has always been a bit of a stick sticking point for me. I feel like um, I might get in trouble a little bit for saying some of these things, but uh, well, um, <laughs> I think I love I love New Zealand rugby league and I. I'm super passionate and I always support the Warriors and the Kiwis and that, but I think they've got a long way to go in terms of um, some pathways here. Especially like, you know, we grew up in Christchurch and we know there's some pretty epic 
league players going down there and yeah, um, I think for a long time um, they probably weren't looked after um, as well as what they could have been in terms of some of those pathways. A lot of those boys had to move overseas to get a look in and it was only if you were super exceptional that um, that happened and I mean even now it can be quite tough to see those pathways and um, so to answer your question I think it needs a lot of work. And unless, well, you're, unless you're a bit of a freak of nature, you, yeah. you're not really going to yeah. be, I guess, plucked out and plucked out of the knees. And, and so for those, you know, for those kids who might not mature early and you know, might, not, might not be the big ones or might not be decent footy players when they're younger, um, you know, for them to stick at it and stay in the game and then have those opportunities. We've got the domestic competition, but in my opinion, that's way too short. Like pretty yeah. hard to, you know, yeah. we've seen the Canterbury Bulls go down to the Upper the Falcons today in the final, but yeah. um, they only played four games and that's just not long enough. And there's obviously lots of things that go on behind the scenes, like um, the economic viability and um, how you fund something like the Barakai Cup to run like that. But I think we can learn a lot from our Aussie counterparts, they do it really well. Mm. And they've got pathways right through for. Coaching staff as well, which I think, um, you know, we've got some amazing coaches. Oh, Andrew Armatani, coached Canterbury Bulls today. You know, I was lucky enough to play with him in the Canterbury Bulls. And also the New Zealand universities, actually, which I didn't mention before. Um, but for those coaches, we need to look after them as well as the players so that we can set up good pathways here. But I'd happy, you know, I'd like to be a solution to that problem too. Awesome. Yeah, um, the other... Obviously, the other bloke that we were going to start the podcast up with, Alex Parker, who might make an appearance on a later podcast. He's uh, of a similar opinion, I guess that's because he was involved in the Cowboys rugby league system over in North Queensland. Uh, well, not the Cowboys, but the, the uh, high school system there and seen the difference quite clearly when he came back here. So I think he's got a few ideas on that same point and it's definitely a, a point, especially for... Warriors fans, I guess, if you look at the, at the extreme, how they always wonder how these players, like, for example, Sosoya Takeaho, who's playing in the um, Grand Final tomorrow, how they slip through the cracks and don't get looked after, and um, how, you, how we can capture those talented guys and keep them, keep them in New Zealand is only going to make the game stronger. So. He debuted for the Warriors, so yeah. he played one game, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. And, like, Obviously, there's no single uh, silver bullet that's going to fix all that. Probably just need to get some. Um, you need to get some people with the right minds and the right positions to make those changes. Starts from the top. So. Yeah. Sweet. What else do we need to talk about? So, um, I guess given the nature of the podcast and the name of it, um, there's probably one one thing we can finish on. Have you got any? From your your years of playing um, rugby league, have you got any good Mad Monday stories that you reckon you can share on the podcast? Oh, there's a few good Mad Monday stories. I think. Oh, I can actually I can remember some decent ones um, from that 08 um, final actually between uh, yourself and Stewie trying to get through the keg on the Monday. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, what guess. about some of the Yeti ga- the Yeti oh, games? Oh, You'd yeah. have some stories for Africa. I think the, I think there's oh, well we had a 
the, my first year at university, I was lucky enough to play footy with, um, you know, Tigers. We had the Harrow boys and Andrew Omatangi, he was studying PE, teaching like I was in his fourth year. Um, and we got a pretty decent crew together. <laughs> there was only about 13 of us though, so we went to Auckland, to AUT, and we managed to do pretty well, um, even though we had 13 players for the whole um, comp. And uh, a few of us got selected in the New Zealand University team. We didn't really think any much of it, but we got to spend, um, it was about four weeks in Brisbane at the University Rugby League World Cup um, games. Yeah, I remember being, I think I was only about 16 or 17. And yeah. you, you came back with all sorts of French kit and Aussie kit and all sorts. And I was like, what no. the, this guy being at the... Back in the Olympics or something. I'll tell you, I'd, I'd only just turned 18 because I was young for my year. So I was lucky because yeah, that, that whole thing was pretty much a mad Monday for that whole four weeks. <laughs> Get a whole, we had our own dorms and um, yeah, it was pretty epic. Yeah, so I've seen some pretty funny things. I don't think the boys would appreciate me sharing some of those. But um, that's fair to say. I think Scotty Howell was probably right in the mix. Yeah, Scott, yeah Scotty Howell was it. He was definitely in the mix. We tried to get him on the podcast um, when we were over in France, but it just didn't quite, couldn't quite tee it up, yeah. couldn't quite line it up. But he'll, we'll definitely have to get him back. Um, he's a bloody good man. Those Howard boys yeah. were sort of in the same mould mold as us. Uni, yeah. permanently Tigers, yeah. and same sort of, same sort of um, camaraderie, I guess, yeah. um, during those early years that we played Prems at Pat. Yeah, no, we had some big, big nights on that one, I must say. Especially the, uh, we were lucky enough, the final was at Suncorp. Um, it was a curtain raise at a State of Origin, actually, in 2005. And we, um, we beat Australian University. Did you go the night before that? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I've played some of my best games, well, I reckon, off the back end of the... If we did, I wouldn't say that on here anyway, <laughs> just in case the wrong people are listening. But. You're retired now, mate. You can just sort of let it all fly. Let's, let's just say we didn't sleep for a couple of days after that one. So, uh, yeah, pretty good. But we all, yeah, if you're a league and you've had a mad Monday, then you know what they were about. So. Yeah, I think there'll be a few teams that have tidied up their mad Mondays um, recently, uh, but yeah. hopefully, hopefully, uh, surely if you're in the grandy, you get a free pass, yeah. I reckon. Well, I, I, think, um, I think our Monday this weekend is going to be pretty epic after we hit the UFC for eight hours tomorrow before flying back to Sydney for uh, the grand final. <laughs> so, yeah, Monday, I think we'll have a pretty mad Monday too. We'll see, we'll see how we go on Monday. I reckon we, I reckon we do a, a bit of a, this is obviously a pre-match yep. um, type. Tomorrow, for those who've probably already seen on, on the Mad Monday page on, on Facebook. So tomorrow we've lined up an epic day of sport, probably the ultimate lens day, where we fly out of here, go to Melbourne, go to the UFC 243, which kicks off at 1pm Aussie time. We're on a flight out of Melbourne at 4.45pm, God willing, hopefully we make it, and then um, back to here at 6, and after the grand final at 7.30, so. Haven't yeah. heard of anyone else that's doing that yet, so if anyone knows of anyone, tag them, we're keen to meet up. Tag them, we'll, we'll like, we'll check something out. Hopefully we can cheer an Uber <laughs> to each airport, because that's probably going to be the only form of transport on our strict timeline, so. Um, Oh, yeah, I reckon we'll, given the, given the circumstances, we're going to have to cut, sort of keep this one um, a bit shorter, but I'll definitely be keen to get 
the brother Mecca back on the show again and, and um, hopefully we can put together a post-match sort of a podcast um, on Monday if we're not too worse for wear and, uh, and, and I'd say moving forward big, big Mac Daddy the, the world's strongest tournament will probably feature as a regular sort of a guest um, in, the year, in the hopefully years to come Maybe, might only be a year we'll see how it goes um, so yeah we'll wrap it up bro thanks for jumping on I know you're a bit hesitant um, to begin with but um, as, we, as we do a few more and people get to know us, I think it'll be, uh, it'll be a good thing. So, thanks, bro, for coming on. And thanks for having me, bro. And we'll, uh, yep, we'll leave it at that. All right, guys, thanks for listening in. Man Monday podcast over and out.